Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Good morning, Mount Calvary Nation and friends. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. Let us rejoice. We choose to rejoice. We get to rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to this live stream, to this worship service. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. We're grateful to God that he has brought us safely through another week and has allowed us to see the start of a new one. We wish that we could all be together here in the sanctuary. We can't, but we thank God for the technology that allows us to be together virtually today. We give God praise just for keeping us, for providing for us, for every single need he has given in our lives. We're grateful. We're grateful. We're going to pray, and then the praise team is going to come and lead us in praise and worship, and then we'll come back. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we're grateful today just for life and health and strength. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this new day that we have not seen before and will never see it again. We thank you for this day that you have made. We're grateful just to be alive. We're grateful that you have saved us, sanctified us, and filled us with the precious Holy Ghost. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for using us for your glory. Father, we lift this time of worship to you today, this time of corporate worship. Help us to worship you in spirit and in truth even in our own living rooms, in our own kitchens, in our own cars, wherever we find ourselves at this point. We thank you that we are the sanctuary and we can worship you wherever we are. Would you bless us with your manifest presence today, Father? There are those who are watching now who need to be saved, those who need to be delivered and set free, those who need to be healed in the name of Jesus. Father, whatever the need is, I thank you because you are the need meter. Hallelujah to your name. We come in with praise. We enter into your gates with thanksgiving. We praise you. We bless your name. We are thankful. In the name of Jesus, we pray now. And just for your glory, let all the saints agree together. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. We praise the name of our God. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we thank God for Jesus, for he is the risen Savior. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So we lift up Jesus today. Forever we will sing. Now here we are. 
Come on, let's sing it. And we'll sing holy, holy, yes, he is. Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Come on, let's sing it. And we'll sing holy, yeah, holy, yeah. Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And isn't he beautiful? Yeah, isn't he beautiful? Come on, let's sing it together. Isn't he beautiful? Beautiful. Isn't he beautiful? Isn't he beautiful? He got the eyes like fire and the hair like wool. He got the feet like grass. Oh, isn't he beautiful? He got the eyes like fire and the hair like wool. He got the feet like grass. Yeah. 
Say, isn't he beautiful? Isn't he beautiful? Open your eyes to see him. Isn't he beautiful? Isn't he beautiful? Open your eyes to see him. Isn't he beautiful? Isn't he beautiful? Open your heart to keep him. Isn't he beautiful? Well, isn't he beautiful? What a beautiful Savior we serve. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Let the church say amen. Amen. On this Sunday before Christmas, if you will allow me today, I really just want to read through the Christmas story as Matthew tells it. If I were to give this little chat a title, I suppose it would be this, God is with us. God is with us. We're going to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. I'm reading from the New International Version of Holy Scripture. As I just read the Christmas story, here, is, here it is. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. I'm sorry, stop right there. Now, before we go any further, let me just point out something as it relates to verse 1. We know that Matthew is trying to prove that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, the anointed one. And he's trying to prove it here by proving that Jesus is, in fact, the fulfillment of Old Testament promises made both to Abraham and to David. You remember God told Abraham that in his seed all the families of the earth would be blessed, all the nations of the world would be blessed, and God promised David that his seed would sit on the throne forever. And so now, after 42 generations, after all these years have gone by, now, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son born of a woman, the fulfillment of the promises to Abraham and to David. Let me cut on across the field and get to the point, the first point that is, here it is. First of all, there is a word here about God's promises. I don't care how long it's been between the time that God promises something and the time he fulfills his promise. God always keeps his word. Can I tell you there is never a pro there is not one single promise that the Lord has made that he hasn't kept. Numbers 23 verse 19 says God is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent. He Hath he said and, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? Hebrews 10.23 says, He who promised is faithful. Listen, I have heard it said, 
God cannot lie and somebody tried to engage in somewhat of a debate with me about whether God can lie or not and I'll tell you I believe it is true God cannot lie because if he said something if it was a lie before he said it after he said it it wouldn't be a lie anymore because he's powerful enough that what he says comes to pass God keeps his promises so what do you do Galatians uh, six nine. Don't be weary in doing well, because in due season, at the proper time, you'll reap if you don't give up. I just want to encourage your heart. Whatever the Lord has promised, He is more than able to deliver. His timing is not always what we want, and you are not going to speed it up. The promise is in a fixed place. The Lord is bringing you to what He promised. Let's keep moving in the scripture. We're ready to go on to verse 2. Here's what it says. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amenadab, Amenadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asa, Asa the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Jehoram, Jehoram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Ammon, Ammon the father of Josiah, Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the, fire of Abi the father of Abiad, Abiad the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Achim, Achim the father of Elihud, Elihud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mathen, Mathen the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus, there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile of Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. Let me stop right there for just a moment before we continue in the story, because I just want to point out here that there are some questionable characters in Jesus' lineage, some shady suspects in this here pedigree. You got Abraham, who lied a couple times on his wife just to protect himself. You got Jacob, who was a trickster and a cheat. You've got Judah and Tamar, and I don't mean any harm, but we always give Tamar a bad time, a bad rap for what she did. But you got to consider, uh, even though everybody talks about the woman who laid with Judah, he was the one, Judah was the one who was willing to pay her to lay with him. 
he was a John. Tamar, she pretended to be a prostitute to seduce her father-in-law, Judah, into laying with her. Rahab, who didn't pretend to be a prostitute, she really was. You got David, who killed a man in order to cover up his relationship with that man's wife. You got Bathsheba, who slept with King David. All I'm trying to say is that there is a checkered past that leads up to Jesus, but what I love about it is a checkered past won't stop the promise, and that's really the second stopping point today. Not only is there a word about God's promises here, but there is also a word about God's purpose. As a matter of fact, God will use that checkered past to bring about his purpose. God used sinful people to get the sinless Messiah here. I've been telling you for years, God only has a plan A. And when even when it seems like things have gone awry, even when it looks like things have gotten off track, even when it seems like this can't be God, I've come to tell you today, God is working. Now, I don't mean to get in trouble with churchy people, but even some of the unchurchy stuff that goes on in your life is really a part of God's plan and purpose. God is working behind the scenes. He's working undercover. He's working for your own good. He's working and for his own glory. God is working. Let me tell you, I'm reminded of the story of Joseph with his brothers. I sat down today because this is supposed, I got my sweater on, my Mr. Rogers sweater on. This is supposed to be a fireside chat, but I've got to tell you, I feel a preach deep down in here somewhere I'm trying to contain. I'm reminded of the story of Joseph with his brothers. You remember Joseph, his father loved him so much, he gave him a coat of many colors. Joseph, he was the dreamer. He shared his dreams with his family, his brothers hated him. Now God had a plan for Joseph that Joseph was to be in Pharaoh's palace so that when the famine came he could save his family because God had a plan for his family that would eventually lead to Jesus. But I want to point out that God did not just pick Joseph up out of the field and put him in Pharaoh's palace. No. He had some place to go first. He had to go to the pit first. Then he had to be sold into slavery. Then he had to go get a job at Potiphar's house. Then he had to go to prison for something he didn't do so he could meet the king's cupbearer who would eventually remember Joseph when Pharaoh had a dream he couldn't interpret. Then Joseph finally ends up where he is supposed to be. I want to tell you that God has a purpose and God has a plan. And when Joseph gets to the palace and gets to see his brothers, he says what you meant for evil. Listen, God didn't turn it for good. God meant it for good. And some of the things in your life that you thought may have disqualified you are the very things that God is going to use to promote you. Some of the stuff that you're still embarrassed about. Some of the stuff you don't even want to talk about. But God brought you through it to make you who you are and to get you where you're going. It's all right to shout hallelujah right there. A checkered past won't stop the promise. God has a purpose 
and he will use whatever is necessary to fulfill it. That's good news. Let's continue on in this Christmas story. Verse 18. Let's go to verse 18 and we'll finish it on out. Here's what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. Now Matthew here is referring to the prophet Isaiah in chapter 7 at verse 14. And that's where I want to end this Christmas message today. The reason that we get so excited about Christmas is not because of the lights. It's not because of the garland and the tinsel. It's not the trees and the decorations. All of that is beautiful. Y'all know me. You know I love all that. But that's not the reason we celebrate. It's not the gifts, and they're wonderful. But they're not the reason that we celebrate. It's not the food. It's delicious. It's delectable and sometimes even divine. But that's not the reason why we celebrate. We celebrate. Because the Virgin Mary conceived of the Holy Ghost and brought forth a son who is called Emmanuel. Now, his proper name is Jesus. That's his name. But his nature is Emmanuel. That means God with us. And that's the final thing I want to remind you about today. We've seen God's promise, we've seen God's purpose, but then finally we get to experience God's presence. God is with us. Jesus is not just a good man. He is God with us. He is not just a prophet. He is God with us. He is not a founder of a religion. He is God with us. He is not the white man's instrument to keep the black man down. He is God with us. Did you hear that? He is God with us. He is God. God who spoke into nothing and created everything. God who formed man out of the dust of the ground. God who is clothed with splendor and majesty. God who puts on light like a piece of clothing. God who stretched out the heavens like a tent. God who makes the clouds his chariot and rides the wings of the wind. God who set the earth on its foundation. God who gives orders to the morning and tells the sun where to rise. He is 
God, not half man, half God, but 100% man, 100% man. He is both divinity and humanity. He was born of a woman. That's that's, that's humanity, but he was born of a virgin. That's divinity. He was born in a feeding trough in a stable. That's humanity, but the angels announced his birth. That's divinity. He went into Jerusalem with his parents. That's humanity, but at 12, he was teaching the teachers. That's divinity. At Cana, he went to a wedding with his mother. That's humanity, but when the wine ran out, he turned the water into the best wine they'd ever had. That's divinity. He went to sleep in a boat that's humanity but when the disciples woke him up because there was a storm on the sea he made the winds and waves behave that's divinity when he found out that his friend Lazarus died he cried that's humanity but when he got to Lazarus grave he brought Lazarus body back that's divinity he lived in a sinful world that's humanity but he lived a sinless life that's divinity he died on a hill called Calvary that's humanity but in three days he woke up he got up he lives that is divinity I come to tell you he is God with I wish I could preach this like I feel it I don't know if you've ever taken a look around lately but if ever there was a time that we needed the Lord to be with us that time is now with life's storms raging all around us I've got good news for you God is with us when people of color in this country have to deal with the effects of systemic entrenched racism and bigotry we need God to be with us even when anger and desperation plague us as we witness yet another black man shot and killed by police this time in Columbus still God is with us even in the wake of a deeply divided and divisive presidential election where we're still not sure that somebody isn't going to have to drag our president out of the White House on January 20th. I've got good news. God is still with us even in the midst of a deadly pandemic that's sweeping through our world sweeping through our country, sweeping through our state, sweeping through our county, sweeping through our city, sweeping through our neighborhoods, and sweeping through our homes. I've got good news for you. God is still with us even when anxiety looms because we don't know a whole lot about this virus and we know even less about the vaccine I've got good news for you God is still with us even when depression is starting to set in because we can't see the people we love we can't feel their loving touch we're spending holidays alone we're spending birthdays by ourselves but I've got good news God is still with us I know you get tired of me talking about my daddy but my daddy used to say I've seen 
the lightning flashing and I've heard the thunder roll. I felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus bidding me still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. Where can I go from his spirit if I settle on the far side of the sea if I bake my bed in the depths if I go up to heaven even there God is here is the promise when you go through the flood I'll be with you when you go through the fire I'll be with you we used to sing it like this he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own and the joy that we share as we tarry there none other has ever known God is with you you are not alone you are not by yourself God you're not in the sanctuary but why don't you just send a text text three people and tell them God God is with you text them right now text them right now and tell them God is with you and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. So in the name of Jesus, be healed, be delivered, and be set free. God! There is, I'm done, baby. There is something to be said about having the presence of God because I want to tell you, I want to tell you that for a little while we got hoodwinked. We started believing some stuff that is thoroughly unbiblical. We started believing that having God with us would keep us out of the furnace. We started believing that having God with us would keep us out of the lion's den. We started believing that God with us means that the seas would never get rough. I want to tell you the God I see in Scripture may not keep you out of the lion's den, but he knows how to shut the lion's mouth and make him lay down. He may not keep you out of the furnace, but he, 
He knows how to keep the furnace from burning you. He may not keep you out of the flood, but he knows how to keep you from being overwhelmed in the flood. He may not keep you out of the jail, but he knows how to get in there with you. Paul said, I prayed and asked God to take the thorn, and, the, and God said, I'm not going to take the thorn, but I tell you what, my grace is sufficient. And so I've come today to remind you Whatever it is, the good news from Bethlehem is that there is one whose name is Jesus, whose nature is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That's why we celebrate, because God is with us in Jesus Christ. And the truth is, if God is with us, we cannot lose. Did you hear that? Did you hear me? We cannot lose. <laughs> Losing is not even an option. Thank God for Jesus Christ, God with us. Now, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. If you're watching right now and you have not accepted God with us, Jesus Christ. You're missing out. You don't have to walk through here by yourself. You don't have to be alone. You can have the abiding presence of Jesus Christ who is the very God of gods. And he is with us. Out of all the places he could be, he comes to live inside of us. Thank God Jesus Christ. Here's what the Bible says. God loved the world so much. That's everybody without exception. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him, that's anybody should not perish but have everlasting life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but so that the world through him might be saved. That is good news. Here's what the Bible says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Wow. Listen, God loves you. You haven't been too bad. You haven't done too much. You haven't gone too far. If you are breathing, you still have an opportunity to get it right with God through Jesus Christ and you can't get it right without Jesus Christ God gave Jesus as the Messiah not a Messiah he's the only way if you want to make that confession with me would you say it with me Jesus is Lord say that yeah you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead the Bible says you shall be saved. If that's you, you're making that confession today. You're giving your life to Christ today. Would you put it in the chat? Uh, send us a message. Call us. Do something. Let us know. Send us an email. Let us know. I made confession for Christ. I'm accepting Christ today. Somebody will reach out to you and we'll help you get started on this walk. We can't promise you an easy walk. But it's worth it because you'll never walk alone. 
Jesus is God with us. Let the church say amen. Praise God. Just a couple more things and we'll get ready to get out of here for the day. Uh, if you choose to give, if you're giving tithe, that is 10% of what we bring in or offering, just an offering of thanksgiving to God, let me say this, we're still on our way to becoming a 100% tithing church. I don't believe that the Bible would have us nickel and diming people. We don't need to nickel and dime. God has provided a way to take care of ministry, and that's through the tithe. You can give your tithe, your offering, uh, your benevolence, that is to help those people who find themselves in financial difficulty, and during this time there are many. Or to the building fund, we are getting ready to start uh, the Bobby J. Winston Center, Community Center, and we are raising the money to do it. You can give by Givelify if you have that app on your phone. Just tap give and you're done. Or by text to give, you can text the number 937-543-5169. Or by Cash App, the, the Cash App handle is dollar sign M-T-C-A-L-M-B-C. If you don't prefer any of those ways of giving, you can always roll through the parking lot. The deacons will be here for about the next hour. Glad to serve you. You don't even have to get out of the car. Just put your offering in their glove-covered hands, and they'll be glad to serve. Speaking of the deacons and serving, today they have PPE, personal protective equipment, masks and hand sanitizers. We have plenty of them. You can come through and get uh, get your masks if you need new masks. Some of you have been wearing the same mask for the, for the last five months. You need a new one. Come on by. 3375 West Siebenthaler Avenue. They'll be here. Today is Sunday until about 1230. You can come by and grab your personal protective equipment. It is the Sunday before Christmas, and I would not be Sam Winston if I didn't have a little something special for you. I don't know if you're poetry fans or not, but I would like to read just a poem written by Paul Lawrence Dunbar, published in 1922, and it's called Christmas Carol. And here is how it reads. Ring out, ye bells, all nature swells with gladness at the wondrous story. The world was lorn, but Christ is born to change our sadness into glory. Sing, earthlings, sing, tonight a king hath come from heaven's high throne to bless us. The outstretched hand o'er all the land is raised in pity to caress us. Come at his call, be joyful all away with mourning and with sadness. The heavenly choir with holy fire, their voices raise in songs of gladness. The darkness breaks and dawn awakes, her cheeks suffused with youthful blushes. The rocks and stones in holy tones are singing sweeter than the thrushes. 
then why should we in silence be when nature lends her voice to praises, when heaven and earth proclaim the truth of him for whom the lone star blazes? No, be not still, but with a will strike all your harps and set them ringing. On hill and heath, let every breath throw all its power into singing. By Paul Lawrence Dunbar, published in 19... 22. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn fall on your knees oh hear the angel voices oh night was born oh listen from my family to yours from the Winston juniors to all of the Mount Calvary nation this has been some kind of year. This has been an unprecedented year. This has been a year like we've never seen before. But you know what? We're at almost the last Sunday of the year, and God has kept us this far. I don't know what you have planned for Christmas. Maybe it's not like the Christmas you thought it would be. It's okay. We've got Emmanuel. We have God with us. And we just want to wish you the merriest, the best of Christmases. I'll tell you like my father used to tell us, just remember who you are and remember whose you are and go live. God bless you. God bless you. Enjoy your Christmas. Bye-bye.